0: Man, welcome to the Badum Ching with Carl. Howdy, my riders! Welcome back, man, to another episode of the Badum Ching with Carl. Man, hope everybody's doing well, dude. It's like it's spooky season, right? Leaves are changing. It's getting dark at like 3 o'clock, you know. I love it, though, personally, you know. Um, Been trying to get into the holiday spirit, as it were. Been watching as many horror films as I can. Uh, Got turned on to uh, H.P. Lovecraft recently, so I started reading some of his short stories. Um, Gonna carve a pumpkin this weekend, which, uh, you know, I'm pretty jazzed about. And going to the drive-in, you know, they're playing the 78 um, original version of Halloween, you know. So I'm doing my part, man. You do yours, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, seriously, man, you know, just check your candy, your trick-or-treaters, and, you know, watch them razor blades, and, and hope you guys have a great time, man. Uh, I don't know, man, like, you know, uh, the week's been pretty good. You know, um, for me, anyway, uh, Tuesday we had uh, uh, Ultimate Comedy at the East Room for the second week in a row. Again, I'll stand by it, man. It's got to be the safest mic in town. You know, uh, Nate and all the boys there are working hard to make sure that everybody's comfortable, you know. And, and, you know, I ain't going to lie, it's been different, you know, because there's not that many people there. Um, as a comic it's it's hard to judge you know how you're doing you know so I, if i get i'll take any compliment or not not even compliment i can take any any type of like statement from a person you know I just need something you know because it's hard when there's seven non comics there you know it's hard hard to know how you're doing but That said, other than that, it is what it is. I'm just happy to be back doing it, you know. But I digress. Let's get into it, y'all. Aaron Weber, staple in the Nashville comedy scene. He actually, when I met him, he was playing drums for the Grey Grays at the East Room, Uh, the position I have now, only because Aaron got... uh, started doing comedy full-time, you know, so, like, he had to split. So I got lucky in that regard. But uh, even luckier to call him a friend, you know, Aaron's a great comedian. He's also a musician, man. He's a drummer, Uh, guitar, piano. We'll We'll get into it all in the episode. So that's enough of me yapping. So ladies and gentlemen, without further to do, Aaron Weber, man. Here we go.
1: My parents think I'm dumb, and it's starting to bother me. My parents will still spell words out loud in front of me. Like I'm a toddler and they're speaking in code, you know? I'm 27, alright? I could spell a little bit. I'm at dinner the other night. Mom looks over at my dad and goes, you know what, honey? It looks like Aaron needs to get a little E-X E R C I S E. I was like, Mom, that is insulting. All right, I don't need an exorcist. You know what I mean? I'm fine. I don't know why. I'm fat. I'm not P O S S E S S E D. That's a
0: tough one. I don't know how to finish that. What's going on, dude?
1: What's going on, man? I asked you first. Alright. Hey. I'm here. I'm hanging out. I'm doing the podcast. I'm excited.
0: You got your black coffee, man. I'm jealous. Black coffee, dude. What do you got in yours? Uh well, I was telling you it's a silk pepperminty chocolatey thing. So I, I can't I can't lay off the sugar. Get some marshmallows in there too, man? This is a hot chocolate, basically, man. Well that's why I invite you over. I figured you'd have some marshmallows in your pocket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I do look like I have some with me. I don't though. I drink a coffee black, dude. I, I've never um I think I've maybe put stuff in my coffee once my whole life. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's just a lot of work. It's another thing to keep around. If you drink it black, you can just drink it right out of the right out of the thing. That makes
0: sense, man. You know? like, a lot of people that I actually uh, respect present uh, company excluded, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they are, they all drink black coffee, you know, and like uh-huh. I just wish I could be the black coffee guy do you
1: yeah. ever tried it yes you just don't like the taste yes yeah, well it's bizarre. not about enjoying the taste it's a coffee is a functional beverage you know mm-hmm. at least in my eyes mm-hmm. it's a it's a caffeine boost I'm just gonna get through it quickly you know yeah I'm not really enjoying it I'm not savoring every sip. <laughs> but, but, uh, actually, this is pretty good coffee. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's
0: my roommate's. I stole it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling a lot of everything in this house, your roommates. Yeah. What's yours? Much. Uh, your headphones, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> this laptop is his, dude. Wow. Uh, you
0: know, like, he gave me a good deal on it, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, most of the shit is his. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah. Which is cool with me because I'm constantly trying to get rid of stuff and a constant purge. Yeah. So, like, if I can get down to just owning like a carload full of stuff, I'll have it made. Yeah, you know? that's
1: what a lot of people say, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of, and um, they like to be. I could just put all my possessions in the back of a truck, right, and just drive somewhere. That sounds romantic, but it's like, yeah. what kind of? Why do you have that kind of contingency plan? Do you plan on getting <laughs> evicted like in a 24 hour notice, like in any moment? I know, right? Like, why
0: are you, man? It's a crazy way to live. I don't think I don't I think I have too many CDs. I think my CDs wouldn't even fit in the
1: car. You know? Oh, you got a lot of CDs? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You but, still listen on CDs? But no CD player. Like when I bought my Kia Soul, I looked at the guy. I was like, "Where's the CD player?" And he laughed at. Me. He's yeah. like, "No, no, sir." I was yeah. like, "What do you mean? It's this crummy car, man. It's right. ripoff, you know." But yeah, I still have them. I don't know why. Well, I got
1: about fifteen hundred DVDs, so I That's can relate. Right. Yeah, I got a big collection. DVD collection. Yeah, very rarely use them because we got Netflix and everything else on the TV. So yeah. we don't really need them, but they're fun to have.
0: I remember that video you did
1: some months back. Yeah, back. yeah. When so God it feels like ten years ago. Yeah, it was that's yeah. the beginning of COVID. it yeah, was yeah. like that's when we were all like, oh, this will last a month. Yeah, let's, and then we'll be back. Let's joke about it. Yeah, yeah, let's joke about it. Let's just have some fun vacation, you know? And then here we are, almost <laughs> November, dude. Pretty crazy. <laughs> Dang,
0: man. So let's get into it, man. Like, I I know you as a dude, but I don't really know, like, where you're really from. <laughs> I knew you went to, like, Notre Dame at one point. I like,
1: did like, go to Notre Dame. But, like, what yeah. what you
0: do, man? Like, I'm from Montgomery,
1: city? Alabama. I grew up no down shit. there. Yeah. I didn't
0: know that.
1: When I was a junior in high school, I moved here to Hendersonville. Really went to college, came back, and I've just stuck around ever since. I
0: so, didn't know that. So, so that's you...
1: the life story in a couple bullet points. There it is.
0: So thanks for uh, yeah. joining the podcast. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Alabama native. I say I'm from Nashville because I've lived here, you know, twelve years now. Wow. So it's longer than most people have. Yeah, you know? that's right, man. Yeah. What
0: well, you so? Yeah, twelve. I moved here in 05 and I moved to Hendersonville. Oh, when really? I,
1: when I first yeah came to town. Yeah. Were you? What were you doing at that point?
0: Uh, when I when I came in, I was just thinking, oh, I'm going to come to Nashville, and I got that music dream, you uh-huh. know what I mean? And then I found a, a job at a pizza place. And What pizza place? Uh, it was in Hendersonville. It was a, um, it used to be the Little Caesars there on Main Street, but okay. it, was, it was gourmet pizza, I think is what it was called. <laughs> it was called gourmet pizza? It was pizza? called gourmet pizza, and I, I got my first job when I'm on Johnny there.
1: Cash Parkway yeah. right there?
0: Yeah. Where? It was Did in you... the old Little Caesars yeah. building, pretty pretty close to the uh, uh, Frankenburger.
1: Huh, I don't know that. I'm sure I've driven past that oh, yeah. a million times. Oh, yeah, yeah, if
0: it's in Hendersonville on Main Street, I've I've been around there. Long story short, that that uh, manager ended up going to jail for uh, tax fraud. So that. Oh yeah. Yes. Were you involved in that? No, I. I, I well, I'm. I can't really say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my lawyer told me not to say anything. Are you serious? No, I got. I okay. Got, I actually got a job uh, at Sam Ash, like music, like two months before all that. Went down. The Sam Ash
1: in Madison, mm-hmm. right there? Oh, I went to the Sam Ash a lot, Oh, dude. really? How long did you work there?
0: I was there from, uh, I guess, 07 to 09, I think.
1: I probably went there when you were working there, most man, because right. I went to JP2, which is right up the street mm-hmm. in Hendersonville. We used to just drive down and go to that Sam Ash after school. Oh, wow. And I got to tell you, one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life was I used to go and just play the electric drum drum kits Mm -hmm. and um i went with some friends once and it was like six of us and i was like uh let me show y'all what i can do on the drum set so i'm I'm just going off on this drum set and the the employee who's standing at the the checkout counter in the drum section Mm -hmm. he just goes hey buddy and i go yeah he goes can you like chill out a little bit and i was so embarrassed dude and i was so mad at the guy at the time but now now i emph- now i sympathize with that guy yeah because he's like i mean i'm sure you just kids come in and just they're not going to buy anything. They just goof around. And I was just going off. And he was like, dude, just shut up for a little <laughs> bit. You high school kids, you're not going to buy this drum set. Get out of here, man.
0: You know, you know, without throwing them under the bus, that wasn't like a commission-based job. you know? Oh, I'm sure. And yeah. like, it's funny because you got like very little for what you sold. So at uh-huh. a certain point where like I really didn't give a damn. I never really gave a damn. I like talking drums. I mm-hmm. like... uh, uh Getting people the right thing. Did you work in the drum, yeah, department? The drum department? Yeah, the department. Yeah, I remember almost get the. Jungle. Oh, it
1: wasn't you. I know that for sure. But it was. I some... probably looked
0: about the same. So yeah, okay, you, yeah, you, yeah. you would have known if I would have.
1: That would have been part of the story. Is yeah. what you looked like.
0: I, I've been the guy that were like, I don't
1: care. You yeah. do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> I think this guy was just was fed up. You know, probably the last hour of his shift, and he's just like, oh
0: man, these kids. Last dude. hour of his life, man. <laughs> probably. Actually, I think I know the guy that you're talking. about Are you with. serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, it's probably Jeremy. Yeah. Most likely. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, were you in band in in school?
1: I was. I was always in band. I always (laughs) did music. I played drums since I was eight or nine. I got a drum set. My mom was a professional musician. She still sings places, funerals and weddings and stuff. She was in a band. My dad played guitar. So we just grew up playing music. Oh, cool, man. And uh, in high school, I played at JP2. I was in the jazz orchestra. I played the xylophone. And, uh, and so, and then I was in a group of guys, good friends of mine, like guitar and drum, we like a regular band. I played with them too. So it was always, I was always doing something with music way before comedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said, you also like, you play piano, right?
1: Play piano, drums, and guitar. Those are the three. I'm probably, I'm probably best at the drums. Um, maybe piano next and I just kind of kind of goof around on the guitar but I'm not bad you mm-hmm.
0: know did you take like any formal lessons with
1: Never did. I tried I took piano lessons when I was very very young my dad didn't want me to be uh, like a What's the word? Like a hacky musician when I got my drum set. So he said, we'll only get you a drum set if you agree to take piano
0: lessons. (laughs) Oh, why? Because drums isn't like real. Well, he's like, I
1: I don't, I want you to intellectualize it in some way. Like understand music, you know, and don't just. So I took piano lessons for like a month and I hated it. I hated it so much that they let me stop. So that's the only formal lessons i've ever really had okay it was like yeah second or third grade i took two months of piano
0: lessons yeah That is a young age to start like any kind of formal training week,
1: yeah anything
0: right? yeah yeah i think so you know like i, I guess i started in sixth grade mm-hmm. in band or whatever but like mm-hmm. yeah before that yeah there was no aspiration for me to do anything uh-huh. you know, was like i watched the movies and i played video games that was what I was intending to do right. for the rest of my childhood. And yeah. You know, my aunt brought over snare drums. She's like, hey, you should, oh, you, wow. should, you should be in band. I was like, oh, okay. I remember I was playing Super Mario 2 mm-hmm. on the regular Nintendo and she came into my room, <laughs> you know, and, and she's like, oh, we think you should be in band. I was like, oh, wow. okay. And so I did it. She that, started it learning just... some rudiments and... Uh... All,
1: yeah, all those Did You are mar- in the marching band in high school? I was, man. Snare? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. nice, dude. I yeah. played the quads in middle school. I I, I yeah. wanted to play. I played the tritoms in middle school. Oh, okay. You know, And I just thought I was the hippest thing on the block. It is you know cool, I mean? man. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The quads felt awesome because you look like you're doing the, you, you know, you yeah. get the most in front of you. You look like you're the star of the show. Yeah, exactly. And then Drumline came out, and then everybody cares about the snare. <laughs> and it's like, dude, the snare, you know, whatever. Whatever about the snare. The quads is where it's at.
0: Well, you know? There's no... There's no tenor movie, you know. Like, they should make just a tenors only. Like,
1: they should make yeah, just about the bass drum. Just make that
0: movie where it's just, I mean, those boring movie. Yeah, too. It's like the bottom bass. You know, like all yeah. the top bass drums are playing all the fancy stuff, and you're just like waiting for it. Wait for it. Boom. <laughs> just hidden quarter notes, dude. Got em, dog. Yeah. Xylophone. You know that's that's. Xylophone. Your, your comedy shirt's my favorite shirt. Oh, you know? thank you, and man. It's the Jimi yeah. Hendrix playing the xylophone. Yeah. You know? I actually play
1: the marimba, and I feel like we can make that, dif- make that distinction now. Which is a
0: big difference.
1: It is a big distinction. I mean, you play it the same way, Yeah, but I feel like most people don't know what a marimba is, so I just say xylophone
0: All right, on so, stage. So for people that they don't know any better, uh, marimba is like a xylophone, except it's Larger and it costs about $20,000 more. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: It's made out of wood. It's wooden. That's the big distinction. Yeah, yeah. You... And I never got good at the xylophone because, like you said, they're like 20 grand. Yeah. How am I supposed to practice this at home? Yeah, you can't. You know? Yeah. Am I supposed to just take pencils and play on my piano? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the only way I know. I can't get good at home on the xylophone. Yeah, you know,
0: I, I remember um, going to my. Professor's house in college, and she had a marimba in her house. Wow, and I thought that was the most impressive thing it is in the world, you know what I mean? Like, how can you afford that? on Yeah, that's
1: house? like having a pipe organ in your apartment, <laughs> you know? It's like, how, how
0: does somebody own this? And then you look around, there's nothing else in the in oh, the place. you can't afford anything else. You got a pipe organ in there, right? I, I, I miss playing marimba, you know. I, di- I didn't, I got a late start on, on playing those mallet stuff because I didn't start until. I didn't really learn. I, got, I skated through high school without learning to read um, mm-hmm. that He's, kind of notation. Yeah. You know, I, I read drum notation, but that's a lot yeah. different than right. You know, actual music. Yeah. So like learning, I had to really catch up. But once I got into that and started learning on the marimba, I loved it. At the time, I didn't really care. Yeah, I, I just want to play drum set. But in yeah. retrospect, I'm so happy that I had that opportunity to learn that that thing. Yeah, I wish I had. $50,000, right. dollars i have a marimba. you have one in this room yeah, right Yeah, yeah, well, as long as it would fit my car. You know I mean? You'd know. still
1: be using your uh, iPhone earbuds, but <laughs> you would have a marimba there in the corner. That'd be great. Uh,
0: yeah, see, that's my only possession. Right. You know? <laughs> so, dude, like, so, musical background, when did comedy, like, reach its head for you, man?
1: I started in a, there's a club in college, called the Notre Dame Student Stand-Ups. And I started doing that. And it wasn't real. I mean, it was like we did one show every couple months for our friends on campus. And you're doing like 10 minutes. And I wasn't going open mics. I wouldn't do anything, anything else, you know, mm-hmm. really. So I did that. That's what got me into it. And then after I graduated, I went back to Nashville. And I just did nothing for a year. And, um, and then after that, I was like, I want to start doing it again. So I just started going to open mics in Nashville.
0: When, when you were in Notre Dame, what, what was the spark for you? Do you remember like that made you say, hey, man, I want to do this? Yeah.
1: Mm, I don't know. I'd always been a fan of stand-up, and I always liked public speaking. I did debate and stuff like that in high school. So I always felt like I was good at speaking in public. And, you know, there's a lot... I think like most people that start doing comedy, there's a lot of insecurity and you want to be the center of attention (laughs) and you want to have everybody listen to you and you want to... It's like an interesting thing to do. And I felt like maybe I wanted to have something interesting going on. Mm -hmm. You know? So that probably played a role in why I started. And then once you start doing it, you actually you know, start to like the process and start to appreciate the art form more. For sure. Yeah. Do you remember
0: like some of your
1: first bits that you were I do remember my first bits. Um, I hung on to them too long, man. I'll tell you, my <laughs> first joke was about, I think I've, I've tried to dust this off. It's about the, the song Old MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Old MacDonald had a farm and how that whole song is in the past tense. He had a song. So what happened to that farm, dude? It's a sad song. And why are we singing about it at kids' birthday parties, dude? This is a sad song. You think old McDonald likes hearing that song? And then you just start naming off all the animals that he got rid of. Whether He had a duck duck here. It's all gone now. dude. There's a drought. And then the big punchline that I was so proud of was, we don't sing songs like that about other people, right? going through hard times we don't go little jimmy had a mom p-o-l-i-o i was so proud of that and uh that was my first joke where i was like all right i got something here this this, this that was my that was my big closer when i was in college Heck yeah, man! the old
0: mcdonald bit and yeah you know, i think one of the first times i saw you on a show maybe in like a sativa show uh over here in the east but i think you did that McDonald'
1: bit maybe I did I did, so. I did um, there
0: was a bit of it you know what
1: I mean I did it when we did um we did a Seth Pomeroy did a show where you do your original five minutes oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that like that throwback show I don't remember what show. it was called but the theme was that you do a set as if you were just starting, like That's your, your set from back then. Maybe that was That's terrible. the last time I remember okay. doing it. All right, because I think I was at that show, too. Or maybe I was just bombing and just dug deep <laughs> in the well, dude, as deep as I could go, the first bit I ever wrote, you know?
0: Do you remember, like, some of your first experiences after you moved back to Nashville, like some of the mics that you were starting to hear?
1: Yeah, I started the day after they finished the first Broken record show. I went to Bobby's. I remember Connor Barnett was the first person I met. Denzel Greer. Those were the first two people I met. I sat in the back. I went up. I did fun, not good, but not awful. You know, like. Um, and then I got off, and I remember there were two other guys who were my age that I met there, and they seemed like we kind of. Got along. I remember we sat at the bar afterwards, and I remember thinking, like, these will be my guys. Like, we're starting together. Yeah. And I just never saw those two guys ever again. <laughs> I saw them at that one mic, and they never came back. <laughs> and then I just started coming every week. Mm-hmm. You know? And I wasn't coming out that often the first few months, because I didn't know. I didn't understand that people were doing it every night. I thought I was really doing it a lot. I was doing it, like, once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting booked on any shows, even though I felt like I was starting to do well. Mm -hmm. And I remember Josh Lewis, I asked him about it. And he goes, you just don't come out very often. And I was like, oh, my God. I thought I was really, I thought I was like all over the place. Yeah, I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, I'm not. So I just, after that, that was a wake-up call. I just started showing up everywhere and just really went to every mic, Mm -hmm. you know, and just did that for still doing it. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah 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 I think it just gets infectious, right,
1: yeah, well, it just becomes part of your routine mm. It started as I did open mics for something I did after work, and then pretty quickly it became work was something I had to do before the mics Isn't that you know, interesting? I be- just kind of reframed the day in my mind, yeah, you know, for sure man, like like what were you doing as a day job I worked um. I had an internship at Siegenthaler Public Relations, a PR company in Nashville. And after that, I worked at a, a, a telemarketing job mm-hmm. called Technology Advice in Brentwood. And I did that for a while. And then after that, I worked at a digital marketing company. So it was all just desk jobs,
0: just working nine to five. Was this like something that you thought, oh, I guess this is my career now. This is what I'm going to do. mm. Or was it just a job?
1: I think a couple years in, I started to think I could actually do this for a job, mm-hmm. and I started to think of my day job in that way. Like I'll just do this, save up money, so that I can quit it eventually.
0: Yeah. And so it wasn't a career; it was just a job. It was just a job yep. for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you do you remember when you started thinking, um, when you started making that switch from like thinking of your day job, you, you switch your schedule to? Focus on.
1: Yeah, Um, it was my first um hosting gig at like a real headliner show at Zany's. It's for Drew Lynch. And I hosted it. It was two shows and they were both sold out and it went really well. And I was just on such a high. And then the next day at work, I remember it's like it felt like a smash cut to just being like (laughs) sitting at a desk. Nobody cares that you just killed last night. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right. Oh, I'm going to not... This can't be it. I don't want this to be my life as this. I want it to be what it was last night.
0: So it was that. That was kind that, of that
1: a story. moment. I don't know if there was a, a singular moment where I'm like, all right, let's kick it into gear. Yeah. But yeah. that's a moment I look back on where I'm like, oh, maybe something's changed a little bit do you know, in my head.
0: When was that? Like, Do you remember? Yeah, I was...
1: December of 2015.
0: Oh, so, wow. Okay. So I
1: was seven months into comedy at that point.
0: And, and already you're like starting to think.
1: Yeah, but I was pretty realistic. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go full time for yeah. a
0: while. Yeah, I knew that yeah. you're not going to quit your job the next day. Right. You know, it's like, oh, right. this is me now, you know? Exactly. But at least you're starting to think maybe it could be a possibility. Mm hmm. You
1: know? And I was actually fired from that job like two weeks later. <laughs> but I got <laughs> I just remembered that yeah I was fired from that job pretty quickly after that unrelated to comedy I was just terrible at that job because uh, I didn't care about it at all yeah, yeah. and uh, but then I got another similar job that I had for cow almost four years mm-hmm. that I had until I went full time stand up
0: and that's what I want to get into yeah. here in a bit so in, in between those four years what were you doing um, to, to strengthen your yourself as a, as a comic
1: building time was the main thing mm-hmm. and I'm still that's like my biggest insecurity is that I just don't have that much time so you know back when I hosted for Drew Lynch I had I was doing 10 minute sets I maybe had 10 and not some of it wasn't good you know so I was like I want to have enough time to where I can middle and feature for people on the road mm-hmm. and, and be the middle act because then you, you're you not making hardly any money as a middle, but it's enough to you can do some stuff, you know? So just going out as much as I can and trying to get time. That was that was the big thing. Mm-hmm. And just getting sets under your belt, you know? Because you, you listen to comics on podcasts and stuff, and they always talk, you know, just 20, 30 years doing this. So I was always aware of, like, I'm so early on in the process. This is all about just getting on stage as much as I can and just trying to get better, trying to get more time and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to get good at comedy.
0: Uh, So you've been around on on the scene, what, 2000, when did you start? May of 2015. So as far as like in Nashville, like, yeah. Okay, so in those four years, have you, um, you had to have seen the scene grow, right? Like, as far as like... Yeah, and,
1: and I've seen, I think this is, Everywhere, everywhere has ups and downs and peaks and valleys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's changed a lot. It's weird to to see people kind of fizzle out, you know, people you started with. That's I right. think of guys that were around everywhere when I started, that either moved or stopped doing comedy just gradually. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're in a really good place right now, ironically, because it's COVID's going on. But I just look at like the crop of young comics that are taking it seriously and going out whenever they, whenever they can. I feel good about it. Now we're in a pretty good spot, but when I started, there were kind of, man, maybe three or four open mics mm-hmm. a week. So you could get up three or four times a week. And then, you know, before COVID it was like eight or nine mics a week you could yeah. go to. So yeah, that was a drastic change. And then third coast opened up right pretty soon after I started now with comedy bar and now everybody's running independent shows, yeah, it's it's uh, it's boomed a little bit. And it wasn't bad when I started, but it's definitely better than than what it was. Just more opportunities and more. I think so. Nashville's a good place to start mm-hmm. to start comedy, and because um, you can get good stage time pretty quickly, and. I'm going to stay here as long as I can. I don't have any intention of moving. And that uh, sort of was the old school way of thinking is you need to move to New York or LA at some point. But, yeah, yeah. but there are so many guys, Dusty Slay, others who who are making it work out of Nashville and not moving, mm-hmm. you know, so hopefully I can be another one of those guys.
0: Yeah. I think the pandemic's really like with all the Zoom that's happening, all the mm-hmm. like, internet stuff, like surely it's like, um, Made this country smaller in a way, as far as like like you said, like yeah. you can you can operate out of right Nashville
1: now, yeah, and you can't really do shows in New York or LA right now. That's true, yeah. It's very so true. I, I thank God that I didn't move to New York. If I had to move to New York in like January oh, of this God. year, yeah, and I kind of went at it for a couple months and then boom, yeah, everything's gone. So Nashville is a great place to be right now, man.
0: yeah, yeah, for sure, man, yeah. Um, well, let's go to, to like. Just, like, about a year ago, I think, is when, around the time that you said, hey, man, now's my time. Yeah. And you end up quitting your day job to pursue this thing full time. Yeah. Like, like, can you recall that headspace you were in, that decision? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I kind of, uh, there's there was a big reluctance to just quit and cut off that source of income. Mm-hmm. And just rely on comedy. And I kind of put it off for a while. Put it off longer than maybe I, I needed to. But I was in a unique situation where my job kind of stopped paying me. The job I was working at. There were some issues with the company. <laughs> okay. And I stopped getting paid. And I mean like five or six months of not Jesus. getting paid. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, oh, I'm... I am living off of comedy money right now. I'm already doing it, mm-hmm. so quit this job. I don't even want to think about this anymore, and just do comedy. So I kind of like was full time comic before I was a full time comic. And, you then, know?
0: And, and it took them not paying you to realize, oh, I'm sustaining. Yeah,
1: I'm already like, what am I scared of? I've already been doing it all year. I've been for six months. I've been living off of comedy money. So, were you just doing
0: like extended weekend, like out of town gigs?
1: Yeah, I was doing my job. You know, they weren't paying me, but before that, for a while, they were really good about letting me work on the road whenever I needed to. It was actually a really great gig for what I was doing. So, anytime I got offered a road gig, I would take it and I would work from the road. I did a big tour with uh, John Christ here in Nashville. That's right. Yeah. And that, that was a big stretch of the year. And it was. More money than I ever made doing comedy. And I remember thinking like, now is now is kind of the time, mm-hmm. if there ever was a time. Now now is when it makes sense. Yeah. You
0: know, you know, and like unfortunately, not long after that, the country kind of shut down. But
1: yeah, so I was a full time comic from <laughs> September 2019 to March 2020, uh-huh. which is you know seven months, seven or eight months of everything going great, and then
0: you know yeah. But we were talking earlier, and you said by May you were able to start getting. Yeah, started.
1: yeah. End of the end of May, the club in Huntsville opened back up, so I was able to go do that. Mm-hmm. And then there were a couple weeks in uh, in July that I wasn't able to work. But other than that, I I was able to get back at it pretty quickly. That's great, man. Yeah. Uh,
0: like, what was the general consensus among like you guys when you were starting going back to it? Was it like a nervousness, like an unsureness as far as like you know oh, well, what's gonna happen next
1: it, it, there there was an initial like oh this is the first time out of the house being around all these strangers and stuff mm-hmm. I got over that pretty quickly maybe more quickly than I should have <laughs> to be honest with you I was just so pumped to be doing comedy again and I mean by the end of the weekend I was kind of back to back to normal my rationale and I was talking about this earlier today with somebody um when I started doing shows again, I, I was not the headliner. I was the feature. Mm-hmm. So I, the way I rationalized it in my head was these shows are going to happen either way. You know, yeah. they're going to happen with or without me. And I need money to pay bills and stuff. So sure. I might as well do them. So I just went and did them. And you do everything you're supposed to. You know, you wear a mask, you don't do meet and greets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the shows were great because people were happy to be out of their house, man people were stoked to be doing anything so everyone's just giddy it's a great energy it's still like that all the shows i've done since covid have been have been pretty great because people are like here we are let's do it man we're out of the house
0: so like like from your experience and you and you're doing the thing do you have any advice for like the guys that want to do it full time yeah that are you know having day jobs and yeah. Taking the way you did back in right 2015.
1: Save up, save money. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. I stopped mm-hmm. drinking, which helped me save a lot of money. True. It wasn't like I didn't say I'm sober now. I just kind of stopped buying beers, places and stuff like that and just save money. And then the other the two pieces of advice that everyone always gives but I think are the best is just get on stage as often as you can. Everywhere, good shows, bad shows. Um, treat the bad shows. You never know who's in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I've gotten opportunities from shows that I could have phoned in, but there were people in the crowd that saw me yeah. from it. So just treat every show like don't phone any shows in and then just write as much as you can. And I'm the worst about that. I know some guys that are great about it that just write all the time. And I'm just, not, I wish I was better at it. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah.
1: Mm hmm just doing it man just doing it
0: <laughs> just doing the dang just thing just
1: doing it yeah it sounds you know if I, if I would have heard that when I started if some guy was just like just do it I'd have been like that's the worst advice of all time <laughs> it does sound like terrible advice but that is the only real advice it's like just do it
0: yeah
1: a lot all the time mm-hmm. become obsessed with it mm-hmm. you know and and you're you're bound to get better. You're not going to get worse. That's true. You know some yeah. people do, but
0: uh, <laughs> but no. that, they yeah. they tend to you don't really see them as much. Yeah, you know, right. They tend point. to fizzle out, and yeah. that's and that's why they get worse. Mm-hmm. You know. So so to tie it together, man, like do you see any correlation between your music um, experiences and comedy? Have they influenced each other in any way?
1: I'd say, I, you know, I think about hanging with comics now. It reminds me of the, the sort of spirit of when I was hanging out with my friends from high school and college making music. That mm-hmm. sort of camaraderie of creative people hanging out and making cool stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think there's there's a lot of similarities there. And I'm drawn to being around comedians for the same reason that I was drawn to being around musicians, just getting together and making cool stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, not just sitting around and listening to stuff or watching stuff. It's like, no, we can make our own cool stuff too, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. Cool. In terms of like the performance or anything, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. And you know, I don't, I don't think so other than just like being comfortable performing in front of people and being on stage and stuff like
0: that yeah but, like like for me too people it's like oh being a drummer surely that's influenced your timing it's like, i don't know it's a yeah I just, you know, I just drums don't... use your hands i'm not really like you know i'm using my mouth yeah talking, all right you know? i'm gonna do this set in three four and, <laughs> and i'm gonna paradiddle this joke that's right paradiddle this joke out dude that's funny that's drum nerd knowledge right for the, the non lamest <laughs> <laughs> well, well dude uh, can you tell us uh what you been up to, man, like like tours, all that stuff, man.
1: Yeah, I, so I just finished the drive-in tour with uh, with Nate Bargatze, and then I'm kind of back on the road now just on my own, doing my own thing. I'm going to Columbus, Ohio this weekend with Dusty Slay. Amen. And then I'm headlining my first weekend at a club in Missouri, O'Fallon, Missouri, called Backdoor Comedy Club, November 13th. Oh,
0: wow. I'm
1: headlining my first weekend. I've gotten to headline clubs, but this is the first time doing like a, a weekend. That's great. You know, Chance Willie's coming with me. That'll be a lot of fun. And then it's just kind of random stuff here or there. Make you know? him drive. You know? Yeah, I know, right? Make <laughs> him do, yeah, make him carry my suitcase. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Yeah, just just wherever they'll have me, man. I'm doing, wherever they'll let me do comedy right now, I'm yeah. trying to do it.
0: And you're doing a podcast, too, with Nate,
1: right? I am, yeah. It's called Nate Land Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube and, you know, Everywhere Podcast. Everywhere this podcast is, you can find
0: it too. It's been a lot of fun doing that. You guys got like real equipment, you know. You're not you're not dealing. With...
1: They got a crew coming in there, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, you know, this is just as good, you know. <laughs> they don't they don't care what mic we're using, man. They can hear us talking. It's yeah, all good. That's, that's
0: all that matters. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, dude, where where can the, the good people find you online and all that good stuff? Aaronwebercomedy.com
1: is my MySpace page. I'm trying to keep MySpace alive. Yeah. Um that's really uh, my website is a MySpace page so if is you is it really yeah you know, if you want to uh that's amazing. if you want to go on a nostalgia trip go to AaronWeberComedy.com look at that MySpace page oh, wow. and then at RealAaronWeber on Instagram and everywhere else. I'm you know just type in Aaron Weber and I'm on there man. <laughs> he's in there
0: somewhere, yeah I don't
1: know you'll find me dude I'll find you dude oh wow don't worry about that oh, I'll God. come to you <laughs> that sounds aggressive <laughs> you don't need to look me up I'll look you up you know
0: you heard it here first ladies <laughs> we're not editing that up
1: <laughs>
0: well dude it's been great man. I hey dude thank you for having me man. Yeah, man I
1: appreciate it keep up the good work this has been great oh wow well, thank you so much Aaron yeah. we'll see you later man yeah buddy
0: alright my friends we did it again big shout out to Aaron Weber man for hanging out and keeping that MySpace page alive man <laughs> I mean somebody's got to Man, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend, rest of your next week. Always remember to tell your friends about the Badum Chain with Carl, man, now available on most platforms. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff, man. And uh, if you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe, man. Click that like. Give us a review, man. Let us know how we're doing. And by us, I mean me. All right, Radies. We'll see y'all next week, man. Later.